podcast listeners. It's Representative Liz Olson. And this is Representative Jamie Long. Welcome back for another Minnesota Values podcast. So we are another week into the session and more exciting news, right, Jamie? Absolutely. So just this week, we released our budget targets. <laughs> Insert some big sound of something important happening. A loon, maybe. <laughs> a loon call. So what does it mean to have budget targets, Jamie? So what this is, a budget is a values document, right? And we're the Minnesota Values Podcast. So this is really setting out what our values are as a caucus, where we want to see the state go. And so this is maybe the most important document that we put out as a caucus this session because it is it's putting our money where our mouth is, right? This is saying here is where we want to invest as a caucus in making sure that we are uh, sticking with Minnesotans, investing in the things that are important to them, whether it's education or infrastructure or healthcare, um, trying to do all the things that we have laid out in some of our previous episodes on House Files one through ten. So, Representative Olson, what what uh, are some of those numbers? That, you know, what are the big takeaways that people should be thinking about? Yeah, so this is where the rubber really hits the road. Where each so the budget targets come out, meaning each we look at our whole budget and how we want to set up the next two years. And this means we have to look about look at the revenue that comes in and how we're going to allocate that to the different important functions that we do as a state. And so what we're seeing is a uh, this is the place where the chairs of each committee will get a number that then they work with to create their budgets. And it really is to your point a reflection of where we need to go as a state. The things we value and the things we care about, but this isn't us as legislators deciding it solely. This is what we have heard from Minnesotans. So uh, this is a budget where we're going to be bringing in an additional $1.2 billion in revenue on uh, through the House proposals that really address tax fairness. We're going to look to close corporate tax loopholes. We're going to talk about some of the highest income earners and the growing uh, economic disparities that exist in our state and we're going to we're going to look to that to really bring that to more fair and reasonable way that we're going to tackle bringing in revenue and then directly to that point we're going to take that revenue we bring in and we're going to invest it in education we have heard loud and clear from minnesotans all over the state that this is the thing we can do and we're talking you know a 900 million dollar investment above where we've been in e12 education we're talking about 300 uh, million dollars that will go to higher education to freeze tuition, uh, which is huge. We're talking about so many of the things we heard on the campaign trails, and we're going to be crafting a budget to really invest in those important areas. And so this episode, we're going to be kicking it off with House File 2, talking about some of these education investments. So Representative Olson and I caught up with Representative Edelson, Heather Edelson, who is author of House File 2, and that interview will be coming to you next. Hey, this is Representative Liz Olson. And this is Representative Jamie Long. And we have with us today Representative Heather Edelson from District 49A. Welcome to the Minnesota Values Podcast. Thanks for having me. So the first thing that we like to do on the podcast is to learn a little bit about your district. So please tell us about 49A. Yes. So I represent Edina, which is a first ring suburb in Minnesota. Um, I am a first term representative, so have been serving for, I don't know, is it nine weeks now? Um, but my district's great. We have a lot of young families. Um, I have three young children, so I know a lot of them, but we have a lot of seniors, um, very active um, 
community that really cares about seeing Minnesota uh, succeed. They care about the environment. They care about good schools. They want our seniors protect, protected. Um, you know, the opioid epidemic was a really big thing, um, though it didn't impact our community that our, my community cared about. So uh, Representative Olson, I want to thank you for your work on that. Um, and Jamie, you're such a champion on the environment. So uh, my community really appreciates that. So those are my areas. Well, and we're next door neighbors. We are our neighbors. Door, so. Yeah, we door knock together. Yeah, we, we sure did. <laughs> Well, we're really glad to have you here talking about House File 2, which has a lot to do with both your area of expertise and passion, which is around education and mental health mm -hmm. and making sure all of our kiddos get off to the best start possible. So can you share a little bit about House File 2? Yeah, so House File 2 was one of our, um, well, it's two, so it was one of the first bills that we released um, and was honored to chief author it. Um, there's many different components of that bill, um, and we've kind of broken up the, the, the pieces to make sure that we, um, each piece got an author that would really be able to carry that legislation with the, um, the time that it took. So, um, in that uh, in the piece of legislation, though, is school-linked mental health, which I am the chief author of, and took that and broke that out. Um, we have had three hearings on that bill. It is now rolled over in HHS Finance, uh, Chair Liebling's committee, and I think it was also in the governor's budget. So I think that we'll probably see pretty good success on that passing this this year. It's a bipartisan issue. Um, Mental health, I've been really happy to see here at the legislature. Um, Republicans and Democrats agree on it. It's an issue um, that it's preventative care. When you break your arm, you go to the doctor, you get help. When relationships or things don't work in our life, um, it can be debilitating and it's literally like you're in pain. So I really hope that we can treat mental health in that way. And I think getting uh, interventions in our schools is one of the best way to do that. And this is, uh Part of your background too is having worked in the mental health field, and yes. so talk a little bit about how your experiences helped inform your work on this bill. Yeah, so um, before I stayed home with my kids, um, I was a therapist, and um, and so it does. I, I did cognitive behavioral therapy, so I'm a clinical social worker, and so yeah, it does give me a different perspective on um, why it's important, um, and what schooling to mental health actually does. Um, is it takes clinics, and clinics are allowed to apply for grants, and then they push into schools. So, um, and that way, so say you have, you know, the summertime comes, and those clinics are also still open, so those relationships those students have built with that clinician can continue on, which I think is really important. Um, anyways, it's, it's a true honor to, to really champion that legislation. I've heard a lot of issues around a lack of mental health support in the schools, and mm -hmm. um, counselors having huge numbers of students that they're managing also mm -hmm. some of our uh, mental health professionals in the school not not having enough mm -hmm. um, time in the day really to see all of their caseload is that one of the things this bill's trying to address Absolutely. Co-location of therapists coming into schools is their primary concern is a children's mental health. Um, and it also shows kids that um, that you can get those needs met at school. So now when people historically have thought, you know, I think that we're all around the same age, when people have gone to a counselor at school, they haven't really thought about them as necessarily being a therapist. They're like, well, they're going to be able to help me with my, um, you know, get a few things worked out maybe at home or figure out what college I'm going to. People don't know what to think about counselors and it's it's it, is that a guidance counselor or is there a therapist right like so we I think are trying to define those roles better for students um, and create a new generation of how kids can actually 
access the things that they need at school. And I think that's going to take uh, time. Um, right now, though, I, we, I don't think we still have it figured out. And so I think that these, the School Linked Mental Health Grants expansion of what we're doing here is really going to help us uh, you know, take that on and get, really seek some good impact with kids. Well, and what I have been incredibly heartened about is hearing how Chair Dabney, our education chair on the House side, and you and others are talking about investments in education and in students. It's not just talking about we, we need to invest in teachers, we need to invest in you know the resources within a classroom and the things we typically think about what it takes to be successful in a school setting, but I love House File 2 and the whole comprehensive way that we're talking about investing in early learners goes beyond we know that kids can't be successful just in you know having investments in those ways we know kids are falling behind because they're experiencing homelessness they're struggling with mental health they're having a whole they're hungry Mm -hmm. um that there's all these other things that go into kids being successful and one of the pieces of that is you have your homework starts with home Mm -hmm. uh piece of this legislation as well can you speak to a little bit more about that too yeah so uh, when we with housefeld 2 when we broke that out um uh, yes, homework starts with home uh, is important. I mean, it's it really important to me when I think about it. I was homeless when I was 16. That made, you know, getting my high school diploma a very challenging thing. Now I represent Edina and people are like, when I say that, what, you were homeless? Yes, because homelessness doesn't have a face. It impacts everyone and it can impact anyone. So um, as we start looking at that, I think on average, it's a little over 6,000 people. Um, but I think that's, you know, the, the number is, is important. I, so we'll, we'll have to dig into that. But um, there's a lot of kids, thousands of kids that are go homeless every night. And how can you go to school the next day if you don't and feel like you can learn, if you don't know where your next meal is coming from, if you don't know where you're going to go home that day, and if you even have a home. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, just proportionate advantages that some kids have just based on who your parents are like that we have to do better for kids and um, I think homework starts with home really helps to make sure that families have access to housing and that's really an important thing Um, the other piece that we also covered is um, increase of teachers of color grants we just heard that in ed finance today representative uh, Mary Quinish Podine is is the chief author of that bill which we broke out again to make sure that we were able to give it the attention it needed she had a hearing and I think she had over 10 testifiers um, come and talk about the importance of making sure that students have a teacher that looks like them. And I'll tell you, I grew up in a diverse community. I grew up in North Minneapolis. When people say they don't see color, I'm like, well, that's not true. Because like I was, no, I was like a few of the white kids in my predominantly African-American class uh, in school when I was growing up. And so there's nothing wrong with the fact of, you know, I think that we have to be able to talk about race in a different Mm -hmm. way. And I think people want, you know, we came out of, I grew up with, you know, love sees no color and you're like well we all see color and that's okay and in fact we have to be intentional about how we approach these things um you know you think back about the decision that was was made with brown versus board of education the there was school integration but the teachers were not integrated africa there were african a lot more african-american teachers but essentially the, we integrated students of color without integrating teachers and so i think that you know the, this bill that we have this session is righting a wrong Absolutely. And can you talk a little bit about how it would incentivize teachers of color? Because that's, um, you know, it's been a really intractable problem for a long time, it seemed like. that yeah. we've, we've talked about this goal. We've said this is something we want to solve, and we haven't been able to break through. So mm-hmm. how, how can we get there? 
Well, the bill is 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 really extent, expansive. It really covers a lot of different areas. But it's it's providing grants uh, for uh, teachers of color. It's uh, grow your own uh, program where um, teachers that are working in a school can uh, continue to work up towards a, a higher degree. Um, there's many pieces of it that um, are really extensive, and I think that it's it's not leaving. I think it's probably one of the best ways and more the most encompassing ways that we've actually approached this issue. And so, I mean, I know um, that also has bipartisan support. And honestly, as you know, as a freshman rep coming, that that's heartening to know that because this is a big issue. We we want to make sure that we're actually tackling that that uh, students when they're being when they're you know going to a class, going to a school to learn that they can look at their teacher and say, hey, you know what, I wanna be just like him or I wanna be just like her. And that person actually looks, their skin color maybe looks the same. Um, I, I think that it, it's, it's a really exciting piece of legislation. I'm really excited that you all are working on this. I, um, my wife is a person of color and a teacher and yeah. um, she's taught in a bunch of diverse classrooms and, and uh, in Minneapolis, I've looked at a few schools and I won't name any, but <clears throat> you have diversity rates of 50, 60, 70%, and it's 90% white teachers. Mm -hmm. So that's not really inspiring to a lot of kids in terms of what they're seeing in front of the classroom. So I'm mm -hmm. hoping we can address this. And you've been able to share, I mean, just your own story a little bit about why this legislation matters and who it's gonna impact, but I imagine you have a lot of stories that you hear in committee or that you people have come to your office. I mean, are there things that stand out to you about how who this legislation will impact? Yeah, you know, the one, you know, there was a teacher that testified um, today, or sorry, she's a student teacher, um, but how her debt is, is you know, it's, it's upwards of 60000 right now. Um, first one to go to college in her family, feeling really trapped by that debt, um, feeling like she has to, you know, she has to work at the same time, go to school. And I think that her story is one um, that many people feel. And... Um, especially teachers of color as you go into this you a lot of teachers of color the stories that we've heard are that they're one of the only teachers of color in their schools and not feeling supported in that and you know i think that's something that that is really being acknowledged with this piece of legislation too is the support that one needs when you're kind of paving a path that maybe doesn't really exist I mean, we're all uh, we're all pretty new here. I mean, mm -hmm. you both, both Representative Long and Edelson, are our first termers, and I'm in my second term. But I don't think any of us are new to watching mm -hmm. this this legislature work. I mean, do you get the sense? I mean, for both of you, that it's a new day here. That we're we're looking at investments in education in a very different way than they've been approached before. I think, yeah, I think I'm really proud of what we've done this session. Uh, Representative Long and I sit on the Public Safety Committee. Um, and, you know, I purposely picked public safety, education finance, and um, HHS policy because of the intersectionality um, and look, taking that whole uh, person approach. And uh, I think that we're creating really good legislation that's thinking about the whole person. So I, I'm feeling good about what we're doing this year. And from my perspective, when I was out running this past year, education was the top thing I was hearing about and real concerns about the uh, school district funding, but also thinking about some of the services that schools were providing, things like mental health, things like um, full service community schools that House File 2 addresses. 
And those are things that families really want and need and know are going to be supporting them. Mm-hmm. But we haven't had the resources to be able to do that. So I think that we're really thinking big in terms of how we're pushing forward on education as a caucus. And so I think that's pretty exciting that we're actually meeting Minnesotans um, at the needs that they're identifying. It's really great. I mean, I feel heartened and optimistic to have, you know, the author of House File 2 here sharing what's possible for Minnesotans and to show the value that we really care for each other. Um, Yeah, we could probably talk a lot longer, but we're at our wrap-up point. And so the thing that we've asked everybody who's been on our podcast is, what is a fun fact about Representative Heather Edelson that maybe others don't know or something quirky or that the listeners might want to know? Mm, this is a good one. This was uh, <laughs> so my my six year old and I are uh, really tremendous moonwalkers. Wow. Oh yeah, I know. So, we need video footage, podcast oh. listeners. That might be coming. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I know. So yes, it, it is good. Yeah, he really um, likes Michael Jackson songs, and so he practices, and and I've practiced with him, and so I've gotten quite good at it. Mm-hmm. That is something we need to see for sure. <laughs> I, I think so. I think we should have like a min roast. Uh, at the at day at the house. Yeah. I know. And, and Representative Moeller's fun fact was that she is a dancer, so we may have a little dance troupe uh, coming together. What do you think? I mean, I think every state rep likes a good competition, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in for another edition of the Minnesota Values Podcast, and we will be back next week. <laughs>